to be committed, to pray, to give, to go. Your bulletin, I want to encourage you to, uh, to make sure you take a look at, at everything that's happening in there. We're not going to take the time to do that. Um, on your tables, there's a faith promise card um, and a faith promise uh, pamphlet. Uh, we, next week is when we'll be taking faith promises. Your faith promise support supports the ministries that you heard about today. Your undesignated gifts to missions supports, and, uh, and God will talk more about that next week. Also on your tables is an offering envelope. Each of the table hosts, make sure that you uh, take an opportunity to pass the offering envelope, seal that up, and uh, we'll gather those at the end. And then the last thing, table hosts, there is a little orange card that says, what do you bring to the table? And I'd like you to distribute those um, to the folks at the table as I take an, an opportunity to challenge us um, this morning with what do you bring to the table this morning? On Wednesday night at prayer, I was encouraged to bring it, Pastor, by someone that was there. They said, don't hold back, it's missions time, and uh, challenge us to go and to be a part of what God is doing in our community. And so I'm going to take that challenge seriously. And again, we thank the guests and I thank the church. We have seen some significant strides in local missions in these last couple of years. And that's the heart of the people. That's your heart being represented out in our community. Our mission statement is to be known for making an impact in our community and in our world. And we have begun to see that happen. And I am excited and I am proud of you guys for what you have done. Amen. But today the challenge is for you, you individually, to be active, to be serving, to be giving of yourself, and so we're going to answer the question, what do you bring to the table? But before we do that, I want to just remind us what God's Word says about you. When you give your heart to the Lord, which I'm assuming most of us have, and if you haven't by any chance, if you found yourself here and you don't know the Lord, at the end of the service, we want to pray with you for that. But if you have given your heart to the Lord, just Let's look at a few verses that talk about our responsibility. Jeremiah 1.5, you just mentioned it, that before I made you, I chose you, it says. Before you were born, it says, I set you apart for a special work. God created you for a special work. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says, It is He, Jesus, who saved us and chose us for His holy work. Not because we deserve it. Does anyone deserve it? No way. But because that was His plan. It's God's plan to use you right where you are. I love 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says that we are simply God's servants. That's who we are. And each one of us does the work which God has given us to do. That's our responsibility. We are called in Romans 12.1 to offer ourselves as a sacrifice. Not just the pastors, not just the missions organizations, but each and every one of us. 
How many of you are familiar with the, the book, uh, The Purpose Driven Life? I think, uh, it, from what I understand, it was the number one selling Christian book of all times by Rick Warren. And, if the, and in that book, uh, I was reading it this week, uh, it says this. It says, if you have no love for others, if you have no desire to serve others, and if you're only concerned about your needs, it says this, very challenging. It says you should, should question whether Christ is really even in your life. Put it personally, if I have no love for others, if I have no desire to serve others, I'm only concerned about my own needs, I should question whether Christ is really in my life. See, the fact is, church, is that a saved heart is one that serves. And we are called to live our lives on purpose. Isn't that true? So what does that mean? Each one of us has to struggle with Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that says that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And we have to grapple with what that means for each of us. We are God's workmanship. And so we're going to talk about what do we bring to the table. And it just happens that we're sitting around these tables. I was thinking about this, and my wife said, I'm not sure you should use this illustration, but I'm going to anyway. I'm not sure if you've seen this movie, Ocean's Eleven, uh, a movie about a, a, a casino heist. This group of people, Oceans is one of the characters, and uh, he gathers 11 people around a table to bankrupt this casino, basically, uh, in this huge heist. Around the table, there's people that are experts in explosives, experts in computers, experts in mechanics, expert con, con people. And the purpose is to steal from this casino. Brought together to the table, and the movie is pretty exciting. Uh, I'm not sure it's appropriate for everyone here. I'm not sure it's appropriate for me, let me just say. But it's a purpose that I say this because they brought people around the table for a purpose to fulfill, and they were successful. I just blew the end of the, the uh, show for you, so you don't even have to see it. But just think about it. They brought people together for a purpose, for a reason. And you know what? The table that we come to is God's purpose. And we have to ask ourselves, what is God assembling here at the Gateway Church? What is God putting together around our tables in, in here? And I want to remind you that 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 says this. It says, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And so if you're thinking there, ah, he's talking about someone else, or I'm not sure that applies to me, eh, it's not possible. Romans 7, 4 says, now you belong. When you accept Christ in your heart, in order to be useful for service. We were created that way. So what do you bring to the team? What do you bring to the team? In that same book, The Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren identifies five things that each of us bring to the table, so to speak. And the first thing is this. Each and every one of us that have given our hearts to the Lord, brings spiritual gifts to the table. Now, I want you to, to just think about that. It's not uh, something spooky or scary. It's very natural. 
the moment that you receive Christ, the Holy Spirit resides inside of you. And he's working in each of us to accomplish his work. That's what the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And so that, that gift might look like uh, a gift of faith or a gift of healing or a gift of discernment or wisdom or prophecy, and the list goes on. But the Holy Spirit is working inside of each and every one of us to accomplish his heart, his concern in our world. And so the first one is spiritual gifts. The second thing that he does uh, that, that we bring to the table is our heart. You say, well, what do you mean by that? It's your desires. It's your hopes, your interests you bring to the table. It's your ambitions. It's your dreams. It's your affections. And this has been described over the years in many different ways. I really appreciated Bill Hybels a few years back when he wrote the book, Holy Discontent. The idea that, that the things that concern me, that concern my heart in our community or in the world, those are things that God is concerned with. And he, he described it as a holy discontent that you say, I can't live without doing something about that. And we've talked about that as a church here, that we are praying for God to inject into us a, a time in a, in a season where we would look at a situation, where we look at a ministry and say, someone ought to do something about that. And what's interesting is that we see that. And someone 30 years ago, 20 years ago officially, is, uh, said someone's got to do something about the pregnancies the teen pregnancies in our area. Love, Inc. was established, and, and someone said, I, someone's got to do something about that. Randy, I don't know how many years ago you said yes to, you, but you said someone's got to do something about the students, the mission field in our backyard. And you know what? God is putting in our students a heart to say, you know, God, someone's got to do something about this or that. And you know what? God does that in each of our hearts. And we're going to hear in just a second one of our families here that, that has said, hey, someone's ought to do something about this. And they have partnered for the last several years, Matt and Cindy Biller, with an organization that in a similar fashion, they said, you know, someone ought to do something about the, the homeless kids across the nation's and to give a simple gift. And I want you to watch a simple uh, short video here. And uh, go ahead and click in there. And then we're going to welcome Matt and Cindy Biller. They're going to talk just for a second about the Samaritan Purse Project. I'm going to let Matt and Cindy share. All right, here we go. The video is so much more appealing than we are. <laughs> For the last couple of years, we found out if you ever go into family Christian stores, they have Operation Christmas Child. And basically, you pack a shoebox. We were looking for something to do with our kids that would have an impact on other kids that they could have buy-in into and that wouldn't cost a fortune, <laughs> in all honesty. And so we started doing Operation Christmas Child, where we pack a shoebox, um, we donate $7. Last year, what we did is, if you donate online, the shipping, the $7 covers the shipping and handling. 
you actually get to find out where your shoebox went to. And ours went to Madagascar, which we all know the kids' movie, Madagascar. So our kids thought that was really cool. But it is amazing. I wish that the video would um, play, and I don't even know if the smaller one or the shorter video shows the testimonies, but it is amazing the impact that a shoebox full of soap and toothbrushes and simple toys, things that we take for granted in our lives, can have on the kids. It's Operation Christmas Child. The power of a simple gift. We know here at Operation Christmas Child that God can take the shoebox that you have filled and that he can take that box and he can use it to transform lives. For more than 18 years, Operation Christmas Child has been reaching children in over 130 countries with gift-filled shoeboxes and the gospel. When they receive a box, it is a message of the gospel because the box tells them that Jesus loves them. The opening of the box tells them of the hidden treasures that are in God's love and in the relationship that they will have with Jesus Christ. Operation Christmas Child is like no other project. You got kids that received absolutely nothing. It's been a rough year for all of them. And this one moment in time, you can just see things that we take for granted every day can change a kid's life. I see glory in their eyes, I see joy in their spirits, and you hear expressions of, oh, I wanted this all the time. I never had this. What's the best? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I just want to say and add to what Cindy said, this is a great way to get your kids involved uh, in, in getting outside of themselves and understanding that there are a lot of other people in the world that are less fortunate than us. There's one story that we heard a couple years back where one kid got a roll of lifesavers and it lasted him a whole year. Oh my goodness. He would break them up and it was so precious to him and so valuable that he would take just a little bit every few days or so. Um, the other thing is um, we found that when we let our kids decide what they put in the box, it's more meaningful to them. Hmm. Um, and, and the stories that we hear from our kids um, telling their cousins and their friends about the poor kids over in Madagascar is just amazing. It really helps them embrace it. So we'd encourage you guys to consider giving this year. All right, awesome. Thanks, Matt and Cindy. And what happened is they, Matt and Cindy came to us and said, hey, we've done this. This was our heart. Is this something we can do as a church? And so over the next month, there's information on your table, and you'll be hearing about this not so much next week because we're going to be raising some funds for the uh, Tabernacle Project. But uh, in November, we're going we're gonna to provide an opportunity for you to pack a Christmas box. And we're going to send those, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, that's what we want is for your heart to be represented. So what do you bring to the table? The first thing is spiritual gifts. The second thing is your heart. Your heart comes to the table. The third thing that Rick Warren identifies in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, is that you bring your abilities, your natural talents. Some of us are better at speaking than others, and we want to use those gifts of speaking to reach the nations, to reach our local neighbors, our friends, our family. Others of us are more gifted in athletics or maybe mathematics or music or mechanics. Those gifts, whatever it is, those come from God. And you are responsible to steward 
those gifts, to let God use you in each of those areas. The fourth thing is your personality. And I don't have the time to, to look into it, but let me say it is a scientific fact that you are unique. Each and every one of you are unique. Look at your neighbor and say, yep, you're unique. <laughs> it's so true. And the great thing is, is that even though we're unique, God uses all types of personalities to do his work. Amen? Amen. And then the last thing that just touches my heart that we bring to the table is we bring our experiences. Our family experience comes to the table. Our educational experiences are brought to the table. Our vocational experience, our spiritual experiences, our ministry experiences comes. But you know what? The good, the bad, the painful, we bring it all to the table and God uses that. I'm not sure if George Richards is here, uh, junior. I see senior. Is George here today? His truck broke down. Okay, here's his daughter. I talked with George this week, and we were, we were talking a little bit about this idea that we are all broken people. And, uh, and what's interesting is that we were, as we were discussing about uh, the fact that we're all broken, George said something that was just in incredible. He said, you know, Pastor, he says, uh, it's not about, you know, what we, can, what we uh, do or what, where we've been is what he said. It's more about where we're headed. And you know what? Our past are our past, but we can bring those things to the table to make a difference in someone else's life. Isn't that true? And there's stories around these tables, around your tables, even this morning, that God wants to use. As we hear about the pregnancy center, or we hear about a homeless uh, person going to Love, Inc., or we hear about a student, we have stories of our own that need to be shared to reach people. We all bring a lot to the table. Would you agree? When, it, when God's purpose is the table... We bring a lot to the table. And we don't just come to the table out of obligation. We should look at the opportunity to come to God's table and to serve as an opportunity. And whether we're weak, whether we're in a downtime, or whether we're experiencing great success in our lives, God is at work through us. And the fact is, is that none of us are qualified. Eric's not qualified, Gail's not qualified, Randy, you're pretty qualified, <laughs> Gary, don't know you very well, but I'm assuming you're not qualified because we are human. And you say, well, if we're not qualified, why does God choose to use us? I don't know, but he chooses to use us to make a difference. And the fact is, is we could come up with all kinds of excuses but when Christ returns, when we stand before God in heaven, let me just say, your excuse that you were too busy or that you were concentrating on your work or you had your own goals or you just wanted to have fun, students, or you're preparing for retirement, whatever the excuse might be that keeps you from serving, all of those are going to so sound really howl in light of eternity. See, God calls us to serve. 
And the fact is, God will say, I'm sorry, but I created you. I saved you. And I called you to pray, to give, and to go. And I don't know if you believe that or not, but that's what God's word describes for each of us. And at the end of our lives, Romans 14, verse 12, says that we will be evaluated. There is a personal account that will be given. And I'm not responsible for my wife, her account, or any of your accounts. Although, because I'm your pastor, there is some accountability there. But the fact is, is each of us will give an account. So what do you bring to the table? What spiritual gifts can you bring to God's work? Where is your heart to serve or your natural abilities or your personality or what kind of life experiences do you bring? See, God desires to use you. He wants to use all of you. And I want to challenge us this morning that as we end, that we would ask ourselves a couple questions that are listed on these cards. And we're going to take a few minutes to discuss these things around our tables today. The first question is, is in what area have you been challenged today? And I want you to be prepared to share that in just a moment. As you sit around these tables, we're going to turn all the lights on, and we're going to take some time to ask ourselves, what area has I, have you been challenged? And then the second area is, what action step do you need to take? And so we're going to take the next seven to ten minutes to turn our table host loose and to let you, um, let you talk about these two things. And then we're going to come back and we are going to pray. We're going to pray and ask God to help us in these areas. Amen? So table hosts, grab those cards, facilitate that, and uh, you're on.